Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical, with your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. everybody this is another episode of apostates anonymous with your hosts matthew j distefano and you keith keith yes. mr giles mr keith giles me Clear your yes. throat. get out of, you just rolled out of bed uh, <clears throat> have you even had your first cup let alone your second i i am in the process of drinking my first cup right now oh so that's God. why i'm a little my, my voice is a little shaky and i'm uh i'm probably half awake so we, we will you will get to see me awaken throughout this oh, so in about forty-five minutes, this show will be off to a good start. Um, are you? Are you? Tell me, you're not hungover. <clears throat> oh no, 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 dude! I've never been drunk in my life. You never have. I have never been drunk in my life. I've never had hangover. Never been drunk. No. Um, I've, I've been drunk too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. As a rule, lately, have uh, almost every night before I go to bed, I will have an old fashioned. And That's it's nice. uh, yeah. So, but just one. I've had. Um, I've had like 10 drinks in the last oh. 18 months. I was going to say, like last night? No. <laughs> no, no, I would be, I would not be here this morning, friend. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, well. So yeah, you, you, uh, you kind of cut back off of that, right? Yeah, I went hard for a while. <laughs> I went yeah. in. Uh, but then I, yeah, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to get by 40. My 40th is coming up. I'm going to be 40, dude, in like two months. <clears throat> yeah. I was like, I'm going to get. Me and Ralph decided that we're both going to get in our the best shape of our lives. Oh, I don't know how nice. he's doing. He looks he looks good. He looks yeah. you know he's getting he's getting there. He's probably going to pull some shit out in the last minute and just be like shredded. And I and I'm going to be like I worked for like two years and whatever. Well, you know he's got a secret. Has he? You know about this katsu thing he does? I know about his. Yeah, he's yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's but pretty. It's pretty cool stuff. Had you have all that? Oh no, I don't. He didn't give me any of that, but he's got it because he, oh. I think he like consults with them or something. Yeah, he didn't give it to me. It's like five hundred bucks. But uh, I did write for them. I did a little a video for oh. them. Uh, well, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it today. Uh, we got another ad, another sponsor. So we will hear from that sponsor, and then we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan of Indiana. Phase Plant Records presents the Christian hard rock alternative punk rock concert of the century, Balaam's Ass. Live and on stage for the first time since 2005, Balaam's Ass returns to melt your face off, playing all their Christian punk rock hits, including Jesus Hates Figs, Eat My Flesh, One Skin, Two Skin, Three Skin, Four Skin, Handbells from Hell, Emergency Circumcision, and their number one hit single from 1998, Kick against the pricks. Don't miss Balaam's ass. Triumphant return to the stage. On tour now with Christian magician the amazing Melvin, the all-star puppet squad, and Skillet. Coming soon to a Christian youth group lock-in near you. Visit Balaam'sassrocks.com for tour dates and advanced ticket information. Balaam's ass is back, and they're ready to rock the flock. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you. Thank you, all of you who uh, sponsor this wonderful podcast. And especially thank you, all all, the, all of you listeners who support our sponsors. 
uh, that's really important. And we want to thank you for doing that too. Yeah. Make sure you always use those promo codes. Check out those websites. Always tell them we sent you. Yeah. We have a, we have a hotline too, don't we? No. Don't we? We're not, we're not, uh, we're not using that anymore. Nope. Fuck okay. all hotlines. Any, any <laughs> podcast with a hotline is, is pure shit. It's just bullshit. Oh yeah. It's just waste, just a waste of time. Fuck hotlines. Yeah. So uh, this episode, uh, we, we came across something in the Heresy After Hours Facebook group. Actually, you you were the first one to notice it. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let you kick this off because it was kind of your idea based on this too. This was the inspiration for this episode. You're the inspiration. No, I uh, well I'm not going to read it because I don't know if I have permission. But um, basically, like so, another if you didn't notice, we have a gun problem in america and um a mass shooting problem and there was yet another one at a mall in just outside of indianapolis and um i think five people were shot three killed and the gunman was also killed by a quote good samaritan who happened to have a pistol i believe and shot and killed the you know the guy i think it was a guy it's always a guy it was it was uh, a like a I think it was a twenty year old uh, yeah yeah kid and so we were going to talk about well the Good Samaritan and how this is kind of an interesting and inaccurate way of describing the the person who brought down the gunman and I, and I'll start by saying that I'm I'm not really that interested in like whether it was a good thing that this person carried a gun and shot and killed this guy who was committed a mass murder. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cops have said that it's good that this happened. People, you know, I'm sure people on the right will cherry pick the data and say, you know, we need people with guns. Statistically, it it does not look like that's the case. I mean, there's always anomalies, but this, so this is why we don't necessarily use anecdotes to like, you know, drive policy. Um, so in this instance, it, it, you can make the case that it's good that someone with a gun was there to stop them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, however, it seems that people with guns just make more chaos That's and right. it, it doesn't end well. So, uh, it's not, it's not wise to always just look at anecdotes. Um, but I think what we want to talk about is kind of the misnomer that this is the quote unquote good Samaritan, because if you go read Luke 10, <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad analogy, we'll just say. Yeah. Well, um, and exactly. I think um, that's what we need to talk about is sort of like, look, let's look more at the Good Samaritan uh, parable itself. Right. And yeah. uh, and then in comparison to this sort of mindset that what we that, that it's a good thing that we move towards. Like basically, you know, everybody needs to be packing. And then but so what you're encouraging I mean, the, the more people want to point to this as a good thing, as an example of a good thing, like, see, it's really a good thing that, you know, good guys with guns are out there. But what you're encouraging, right, is like vigilantism. Like you yeah. basically want everyone to be Batman and run around, you know, in the dark of night shooting bad guys. Like what? Uh, I don't that's I don't want to go back to that level of chaos. Well, um, and wasn't that the wasn't that the Wild West? I mean, yeah, it is the wild everyone, everyone had a gun back then. Right. Everyone was walking around with a gun. And I, I don't have the, the FBI crime statistics from the Wild West, uh-huh. um, but I'm guessing they were pretty high. Violent gun crime was probably yeah. fairly high. The funny thing is, uh, yeah, the funny thing is, is that when you have more people with more guns and 
Uh, they're getting in arguments and fights and, and getting drunk and things like that. And they happen to have a loaded firearm right there at their fingertips. Yeah, yeah, you had a lot more shootings. It makes for a cool video game or, or, or oh, movie. Yeah. But Red Dead Redemption. Do you want to live in Red Dead Redemption, everybody? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I play the hell out of Red Dead Redemption too. Me too. <laughs> and I have killed a lot of people. And <laughs> I no don't want to live for no reason. <laughs> and um, I can't figure out why I have so many police after me. But no, I... I don't want to live in that world. And and it, I just, I don't know. We have to be precise with our language. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so the Good Samaritan, what I get from the Good Samaritan, so the Samaritans were like personas non grata, right? They were like kind of the scapegoat. They weren't liked by the Jews in Judea. The right. Samaritans didn't go to the temple in Jerusalem and make sacrifices. They had their own system, right? Yeah. Um they're kind of like the bad guys. So if like if you if you made a modern remix, who would be the Samaritan? Well, the Samaritan might be a Muslim, depending on where you're telling the story, right? Uh, right. a non-Christian. Uh you know, the the priest and the, the the first two people who pass by the person on the side of the road is a, a Levite and a priest. It might be a Southern Baptist pastor and a Catholic. Yes. Yes. But and then, then but then a yeah. Muslim walks by. So right. that's the point is like, it's to get you to or, try and, or like and, a, a transgender Democrat. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yes. a conservative pastor walks by and leaves the person. And then a longtime Catholic priest walks by and leaves the person on the side of the road. But then a transgender, a black transgender woman uh-huh. uh, who campaign, who is campaigning for Stacey Abrams yes. uh, st- and a- or AOC stops by and, you know, and then tends to the, yeah. to the shows mercy on the, on the person who's on the side of the road who was robbed or whatever. Yeah. Um, has not, so that story has nothing to do with someone who carries a gun concealed carry happens to be at quote unquote, the right place at the right time and stops, you know, and, and a mass shooting. Right. Yeah. So it would be, I mean, if you want to try to to conflate these two events the way that some people are trying to do, yeah, you would have to tell the story of the Good Samaritan like, uh, yeah, like the Southern Baptist pastor walked on by and then the Catholic priest walked on by and then the trans, the, the black transgender woman who's a campaign manager for Stacey Abrams uh, pulled out her gun and shot the priest and the <laughs> pastor in the back of the head and said, take that bitches. And <laughs> how dare you leave this man here? He needs help. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, okay. If that was the, if that was the parable and, and then Jesus spoke to them. Yes. <laughs> no. Which now, of bitches? these, which of these was the, was the good Samaritan? Oh, the one that capped him in the back of the head. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's gotten to the point where like we see we will like latch on to anything that fits our already, you know, presupposed narrative. So it's like if if tomorrow there's a mass shooting and someone pulls out a gun and then accidentally shoots three people, Fox News isn't going to go to that and be like, well, see, now we need we need more gun control. We need we need to make sure. Right. That uh, we we don't have just guns everywhere. They're not going to do that. They're not. People aren't going to. It's confirmation bias, right? People aren't going to. They're just going to pretend those stories don't exist because yeah. we're going to latch onto the one that fits our narrative. And of it's course. like, and then we give them the title of the Good Samaritan. And we have, you know, for being a for being so 
devoutly biblical in this country. Christians have no idea what's in the Bible. Like, go read the story. The story has nothing to do. It's not that I'm not going to make the case that it's bad for this person to have a gun and kill them based on the Bible. I'm not going to use the Good Samaritan reverse engineer and say, well, because it's not the Good Samaritan story, therefore they shouldn't have a gun. I have different reasons for not, not, not thinking everyone should carry a gun. But it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To use that kind of language. Well, especially when the people using that language are Christians, right? And like you said, it just it just shows you that how really in many ways and I, I it feels weird to even say this, but like there is a there is a on one level an alarming biblical illiteracy among Christians, um, but they want to act like they know what they're talking about. Like they want to say Although, like, you know, like it says in the Bible or, or, or like in this case, like, oh, look, this was a good Samaritan. Like, uh, well, no, you just revealed to all of us that you really don't know what that stuff says. Yeah. And I, I don't want to I don't want to act like, well, come on, everyone, read your Bible. Uh, it's not that, but it's sort of like, well, you're going to act like you understand this stuff, you know, like actually read it. Because doesn't this also go uh, like I see this all the time. You probably see it, too. I probably at least once a week or every other week, I mean, probably more, more realistic, like every other week, someone will send me a private message with a Bible verse and say, Keith, what do you think this means? Or help me understand this Bible verse. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to do these little Bible studies with people like, you know, like every other week. And, and to see, to me, that's also an example of this, like, the average Christian doesn't even know how to just read the scripture or read the Bible and understand it. Right. Um, and yeah, this is just a very classic case of, of saying, yeah, if you want to, if you're going to use the good Samaritan as a metaphor for this thing in Indiana, you are just telling me you have no idea what it's all about. Yeah. And like you, I'm not going to tell people to go, just go read their Bible, but if you are going to read your Bible or say that you read your Bible, or if you're going to say that you want a biblical world, or if you're going to say that you're a biblical Christian and you don't understand the stories, the context, the historical context, the social political context, then I just got to call bullshit and you're just being a hypocrite. Like yeah. I, I personally don't want a biblical world. I don't want to live no. in a biblical world. I, no. um, I don't read my Bible very often anymore. I only do it when I have a certain project and I'm resourcing it. Like I, I read the shit out of it for like a, a long, long time. Yeah. And I don't need to even re- go back and read the parable. I mean, I, I brought it up on my screen here to refresh my memory on the parable of the Good Samaritan. But we all know it has nothing to do with killing anyone. We have all, we, we all know that it has nothing to do with stopping some sort of violence. It has to do with tending to the wounds of someone who was robbed, correct? Yeah. And and that and the point is because the, the question is posed to Jesus. Who is my neighbor? Right. The whole thing was, Jesus says, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. Like this is the all the law and the prophets hinge on this. And then right. a lawyer in the crowd says, but who's my neighbor? Like basically looking for the loophole, like lawyers do. Which and, is a, uh, which is a fair question. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus tells the story in such a way. That it essentially, you know, challenges the people in the crowd to reconsider, because what they're trying to say is, well, my neighbor is only people like me. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't have to love people outside my little group, right? 
So it's, right. a, it's a sort of a tribalism that Jesus is addressing. Yeah. So that's why in the story he tells it from the perspective of, okay, one of you gets knocked in the head and robbed and stripped naked and you're laying there half dead. And then, you know, your, your priest walks by, doesn't do, doesn't do anything, right? The Levite walks by, eh, I'm busy. But then this filthy, dirty Samaritan, right, walks by. Again, that's, this is the, the whole point of it being a Samaritan is the, is the, the genius mindset. of the story. Yeah. Right. It's, it's flipping it around to, that's why we were saying like, to the person asking the question, um, being concerned about their little tribe, it's somebody from outside your tribe that you don't really like, right? So that's like, it's a Muslim or a transgender black woman or whatever. Someone you wouldn't, like if, someone that if it was reversed, you wouldn't help them. Right. And I think that, and I think that's the point because Jesus concludes it with who was more neighborly. So he's saying that even though your question kind of presupposes that it's not certain people, who is your neighbor? Well, who's my neighbor? Well, it better not be that. Well, Jesus flips it and not only says that it's the Samaritan who's your neighbor, but says that the Samaritan is acting neighborly to the ones who wouldn't consider them the neighbor. That's right. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, the so yeah. so then tie that into how a person pulls a gun on on someone in a mall and shoots him. That's not that had just it just has nothing to do with yeah, anything. It's, yeah, it's it's very difficult to honestly to to draw a direct analogy. Any sort of analogy that yeah. I mean, even if I even if I was pro gun, pro concealed carry, pro pro Second Amendment, um. I I would still if I was intellectually honest I'd go well the, the two have nothing to do with one another. Right. You can't use that language of the good Samaritan because I mean it's like but that's just where Christians do they just they accuse us as progressives or whatever as cherry picking. Yeah. And they they go one further. They they cherry pick things that have nothing to do with anything. Oh yeah. It boggles my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the only way you can get there, and I think in a way this is kind of what is going on. I don't tell me if you agree, but it's sort of like, okay, in a general sense, the story of the gen- of the Good Samaritan is Jesus saying love, right? Love God and love your neighbor. And then, okay, well, who's my neighbor? And he tells this little story. And then the point is the Good Samaritan uh, is the one who loved a stranger, right? Okay. In gen- very, very general terms. So then to apply this parable to the shooting in Indiana, as an example, then pulling out that gun and shooting the other guy dead is, a, is an act of love. You would have to define love as killing another person. Um, and then, yes. then, then, you could say, then you could say, well, okay, see, well, you know, like it's, so, but you'd have to, you'd have to really reverse engineer it and have it say, Jesus say, you know, um, lovingly shoot somebody, you know, uh, your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Well, let me tell you the story. <laughs> and here's the guy, the guy who shot the other guy. Now, who was the better shot, or who was the better, who loved with the gun better than the other person? Like it's it's putting it's putting uh it's framing it's reframing love as using a deadly weapon. And to me, that's where I have a problem with it because I I personally feel like that that is going totally against what Jesus actually taught and stood for um, and, and making it. So, so having Jesus who disarmed Peter, right. Who said, live by the sword and die by the sword. And, 
and to actually love your enemies and all the, you know, not resist an evil person to have, to have that guy, but to, to have that person have Jesus being the one saying, Oh no, take out your sword and whack that guy's head off. And then that's love. Like that's completely, they thought that's out of nowhere. You're inventing a version of Jesus that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think love really plays into, I mean, people often use, you know, against like a, you know, a certain type of pacifism. Well, what if, you know, they come up with these scenarios. Oh, yeah, what yeah. if, what if someone breaks into your house and starts, you know, going after your wife and your kids? And and like, I have no problem with stopping someone. Like, sure, I, no. I, yeah. I don't even have a problem. But you don't have to use deadly force. You know, they, the, the, the scenario assumes that deadly force is the only option. Oh, you know, right. There are two options. Do nothing at all yeah, and watch it right. happen or kill them. That's your only option. Well, but yeah, see, but I think I think the way Jesus frames it, you know, like in the Sermon on the Mount, as an example. He does he because he frames it from he, he even before he even says it, he makes this point about um, if you only love those who love you in return, what credit is that to you? The pagans do that. So that's no that's nothing special. Right. You should love those who don't love you. And to me, those scenarios that people come up with, like, oh, there's a strange guy in my house and he's going after my wife and kids. Oh, I should kill him. That is an example. That is an example of loving only those who love you. Well, it's you're also not loving the person that doesn't love you. And that's the whole point. That's how Jesus frames the entire thing when he gets to love your enemy. Well, and, and let's take love out of the equation for a second and just think about it like pragmatically. Like, I mean, when we, when people come up with these scenarios, they assume like, oh, you're just going to kill him. Well, how are you going to kill him with the right. gun that you have on you? And you're a perfect shot and you're right. not going to miss. And, you know, people have shotguns, too. Like, oh, I'm going to have a shotgun. You're going to have a shotgun. Have you I mean, shot you, that a means shotgun? You're going to hit your wife and kid, too. You're going to take out everything. Like, like, let's go nuclear here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to, like, I did jujitsu for years. Like, I'm not opposed yeah. to choking someone out. Yeah. It's actually the safest thing. Like, right. if you choke someone out, you know when they fall asleep. And then you yeah. can, like, tie them up and call 911. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. well, what if they have a gun? Well, if they have a gun, if, I mean, all these scenarios, well, what if I have a gun and I shoot them and miss and yeah, shoot hit my, my kid. wife in the head, hit my kid. And by the way, like, that, that stuff, by the way, let, let's just be honest here too. And the happens reality, more often. That happens way more often. The, the, the more. fact that you own a gun in your home increases the chances that someone in your home will be shot by you or someone else in the home. Like, so right. there have been examples where people have done that, where someone breaks in their house, they pull out their gun, they shoot, they miss, it goes... Most homes have like a drywall, right? Yep. And if you miss, it goes through that wall into your kid's bedroom, laying there yep. in bed, and you, and, and you will end up killing or wounding somebody yep. because you missed. And that the reality is most people do miss um, unless you are someone who has had uh, training, right? Extensive training. Extensive gun training, right? Um, in, a, in a real situation... And yeah, yeah, exactly. And not just gun training at the at the range. Like right. gun like training when you're uh when you're in a fight or flight or freeze response. Yeah. When there's actual when you have anxiety, when you have uh um, your adrenaline's pumping adrenaline yeah. and cortisol running through yes. you. Like yes. that is way different than you know, you're sitting there with your headphones on nice and, and, calm. Go and your yes. goggles and you're like you're doing the pose thing and uh -huh. you got one eye squinted and you, you know, <laughs> and you take a deep breath, real. you take a deep yeah. breath, like they train you to. And then as you exhale, you slowly right. squeeze the trigger and then right. see, that's what happens in the training situations. It's nice and calm. You're all in your, 
you're in the right frame of mind. You're even, or maybe you're even thinking in your head, like you're like this, you know, tough guy. You know, here I am. I'm. Uh, I'm a good I'm, guy with a gun. I'm the good guy with the gun. Yeah. Um, I'm Keanu Reeves. You know, <laughs> uh, taking out the bad guys. But but again, even here's the funny thing. Even if you have like some really good training, again, when you are in the real situation and your hands are shaking and your heart's pumping and adrenaline's going and, and then you pull out your gun and you think, oh, oh crap, oh crap, I'm about to shoot this guy. Most people will either will miss because you're not able to hold it together. You your aim is all over the place. The person is moving. They're not they're not a target, you know, stapled to a board on the back of the wall, you know, 20 feet away. They're moving around. And so it's almost impossible to to be deadly accurate, uh, even with training. But I mean, without training, you have no hope, I would just say. Like, Forget about it. Yeah. Just and like, even with training, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the Uvalde SWAT team had training and they didn't do yeah. shit. There were so, over almost 400 police trained and armed police officers in uh, on that campus. And not so, one of them did a damn thing. So, I mean, again, we can we can cherry pick all the data. We can do all that. I mean, so it just, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how we get out of this. Mi- when people won't recognize data, I don't know how do we yeah. get out of this mindset. I don't know how we move from a place of like where we think that more guns equals more safety. Statistically, it shows kind of, I mean, there's Switzerland, which is a bit, we've talked about Switzerland. Yeah. which has a lot of guns and not a lot of gun violence. But for the most part, more guns equals uh, more violence. And people point to Chicago. Oh, Chicago has the strictest gun laws. Yeah, but they're surrounded by states with very with very, very lax gun laws. Exactly. And people drive across the border. It's like most of the guns that are in Chicago are not from Chicago. Right. It's like during the, the height of the opioid crisis. Yes. Uh, it's like people would fly from Ohio and, and, you know, that kind of Rust Belt area down to Florida. Yep. And the, the, the flight was called the Oxycontin Express, I believe. Yep. You can get a cheap flight from there down to Florida, pick up all your pills because there, there was no uh, limit. You can get hundreds of pills, bring them back and sell them on the streets for like, you know, 4,000% pro- 4, profit. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, you could have strict... Oxycontin laws, but if people can go out and get it and bring it back in, then it doesn't matter what the laws no, are in yeah, that place. Exactly. And and it's true even for the abortion issue, right? So if some states are going to outlaw abortion, well, what is a woman going to do when she has a pregnancy that's going to risk her life or or her 10-year-old daughter oh uh, gets God. raped and pregnant and, and the state she's living in outlaws abortion? You know what they're going to do. They're going to get in the car and they're going to drive across the border to the next state where it's legal. And have a have a legal abortion, so yeah. This, this I so you asked the question like, what is it going to take right to change it? Right. I mean, so you're right on the one hand. I know we probably said this before, but you know, it, it's just a myth that more guns make us safer, and we know that for the fact that let's just look at the nation with the most guns. Oh, it's us. We have more gun violence than any other country. There's like, yeah, I don't even remember the statistic, but it's some ridiculous number. Like there are more, some like five to 10 times more guns than people in the United States right now. So no, we're not safer. That's why we're having these mass shootings like every couple of times a week, you know? Um, The thing is though, too, I think we said this last time we talked about this subject, you said this, and I thought it was, it's true. It's genius that these problems that we are looking at have been solved. 
by other nations. They have, right? Australia did a gun buyback program. Um, they had, didn't have a, a mass shooting for like a decade. So um, these things can be solved. I mean, for me, the most, the simplest thing I think right now would be um, to just simply pass a law that you have to be 21 years old. You have to pass a background check. You have to have some training. I would recommend they, you need to have a license. Um, some people have suggested even having like liability insurance um, mm. that, you know, but there should be just these basic things put in place before you can buy uh, these weapons. Right. And I think you would almost stop these, most of these overnight because the ones that, that have happened, the mass shootings that have happened as of this recording uh, in the last couple of months have been by uh, young, young men under 21 who purchased their rifles, their weapons, their assault rifles legally. So I know the argument is, well, if you, if you make them, you know, if you make it where it's illegal, they'll find a way to illegally purchase them. Well, at least in the cases of the last five or 10 we've had that, no, that isn't true. If they, they went and bought them at Walmart or Target or wherever they got them, right? Or the local gun store. Like you could almost eliminate these mass shootings overnight because these, these young boys who are 18, 19, 20 years old, they wouldn't even be able to get a gun. They wouldn't be able to legally purchase their firearm. Um, and, and the thing is like, well, you wouldn't stop all of them. Yeah, but what if we stop 30%, 40%, 50% of them? Isn't that worth it? Lord, I mean, do we want another Uvalde? I don't. Well, I don't understand why this isn't something that should have just been automatic for me. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird that we go to that place where we, you're not going to stop all of them. Yeah, but if if you could stop a- any of them, <laughs> like, isn't yeah. isn't better... Isn't isn't solving some of the problem better than solving none of the problem? It's like, well, you're not going to get rid of everyone's cancer, so why I have any why? sort of treatment? Like, well, that's right. Until I have a cure that will cure a hundred percent of the cancers, I'm going to throw yeah. this in the garbage. I'm just going to dump it down the drain because, damn it, it doesn't solve. It doesn't cure every cancer. All right. I mean, that's if we lived so our life dumb. like that, we wouldn't do. We wouldn't do anything. Like there is. There's not a 100% chance that you and I, when we get in the car next time, won't crash and die. Right, You're like, right, right. It's never 100%. Like, so. Well, yeah, that's, see, that's a great, that's a great point too. Like, um, you know, they say, um, I forgot, again, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was something, it's, it's a number that sounds scary. Like, you know, 5,000, let's say five, five to 10,000 people died last year in car accidents and they were wearing seatbelts. Uh-huh. That doesn't say, oh, well, then see, it doesn't work. Yeah, but the truth right. is, um, like 10 million people were in car accidents and wearing seatbelts and they were saved. So, yeah. like, you can't look at, oh, it didn't do all, it didn't save all of them. So it's not, doesn't work. No, well, it <laughs> saved a lot. It did save a lot. So, you know, it, it's yeah. not non effective. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a lack of education, even if you know numbers and math. Yeah. And then translating that <laughs> over to statistics. Yes. Because statistics is like how you interpret numbers and things like uh-huh. so you could put out numbers that do sound scary, like you just said. But the way you have to run statistics is a completely like different branch of math that is a different learning curve. Yes. And, you know, we, we saw that with uh, COVID and, and the pandemic and people using numbers and throwing them out there and not understanding how things, you know, so we've seen it all over the place. We see it with gun violence. And it's just, there's just a lack, there's a lack of education in this country. Oh, We're yeah. like, if we look at our education rates and, and compared to other 
first world. Oh yeah. I don't know if I'd call us that at this point, but other other countries, we're very meh. We're very average. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're the worst, but we're certainly not the best. Right. Well, and here's the thing too, and I tweeted this out the other day. I'm still waiting for the well-regulated part of the Second Amendment to be enforced because this is again the thing that's so stupid. Is like we act as if the the people who love guns are always like, oh, well, the Second Amendment grants us the right, the freedom. We need the freedom, you know, or whatever. Um, it's like, well, yeah, but go and if you really believe in the Second Amendment, the the kind of the big kind of nugget, the most important part, at least to me anyway, of the Second Amendment is a well-regulated militia and and then those people who are like super second amendment people act as if what it says is no regulation no that's no not what it, says. it says well regulated so again that means there will be regulations that means we are going to say there's some restrictions who can well, purchase and- them and who can't and what are the what are the steps you have to go through in order to earn the right to have one that's well regulated it's not uh there's actually a wonderful guy there's a there's a, I, I saved it there was a guy on twitter who's actually an instructor uh he's a he's a firearm instructor for the marines and he, he did record a little video clip talking about that like you know the united states marine corps for, makes every soldier every year i guess is it every year every two years they have to it takes like two weeks they have they have train they have like a gun training program they have to go through. It takes two weeks to get recertified with your weapon, and if and you have to go through this two week thing out of your life, uh, you know every every year or so to get you know, to maintain the right to carry the weapon, and then you don't get to keep the weapon, right? It's locked somewhere in the armory. He said, if you even if you own your own gun and you are trained, you're a trained, you've been trained by the U.S. Marine Corps on handling a weapon. They don't trust you to have your own gun in your barracks. You you check it in. They lock it up in the armory. You get a receipt and you can check it out if, you know, you can come in and then what do you need this for? And what are you, what are you going to do with it? So, again, regulation is part of it. It's not non-regulation. It's regulation. And again, I, I just to me think these are some common sense things. Uh, again, we're not saying... T- Let's take away every gun from every American. We can't do that. It's impossible at this point. Um, so it's just saying, can we pass some common sense laws so we can slow down or stop most of these kinds of mass shootings that are happening you know, every other day? Well, yeah, and the Second Amendment has nothing to do with just simply owning a gun. No, it doesn't. That's not I, what it's about. I, I, That's right. It's like, okay, so if it's a re- well-regulated militia, what is the militia for? It's to protect us from the government. Uh Nowadays, I guess, if you're the Proud Boys or you're whatever, the Oath Keepers and all those fucking entities. Yes. But back in the day, it was like in lieu of a standing army, right? If foreign right. invaders come in, we have a well-regulated militia. We're already trained. We already know what we're going to do to protect our hometown, our state, right. our province, whatever. Yes, like, because America did not have, the United States of America was, was brand not, new, right. didn't have an army, didn't have a military. Right. And so this was like in lieu of that. And so really right. what what they should have done was put like a disclaimer, like until we have a standing yeah. army and then <laughs> this will go away. That would have been yeah. that would have been wonderful. Like, it, damn it's it. just it's bizarre that that we treat these documents as if they're the word of God, just like the Bible. Yeah, they do. Um, yes. And 
what's what's fascinating is that okay so if the second amendment is an amendment which means they amended the constitution yeah well can't we then go back and amend the amendment <laughs> right you know what i mean like it's not it's not like it dropped out of the sky and moses wrote it on a tablet and said here behold the right. second right. amendment it's like well so obviously we already recognized that the original document needed amending needed editing yes redacting needed some changing mm-hmm. and we can't go back now and change the changes because they're set in stone they're in- unalienable they're like god-given god-breathed that's that's the problem. No, sense no that's that is exactly right and again i i have heard you know uh, american christians speak about the constitution uh and the, and the declaration of independence as if they are these divinely inspired documents and um well I, that, that is, that, that's, that's what creates this. That's the dangerous mindset, I think, that creates this. This is, this is what's driving us backwards now. Like we're sliding backwards now, right? With the, uh, the Supreme Court overturning, taking away now civil rights. For the first time, I think, our, our, our branches of government are actively seeking to remove, to take away civil rights from Americans. Because up to this point, we've been moving forward. We've been like, Let's allow people of different color to get married. Let's allow people, um, let's allow women to vote. Um, let's allow people of color to be, have protections, uh, and not be discriminated against. And like, so we've been moving towards, right? This whole thing about, you know, Martin Luther King, right? The, the arc of, uh, you know, the arc, what is it? The arc of history moves towards justice. The arc of justice. Like yeah. It's yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. But now we're going backwards, uh, and it, and but why? Well, we're going backwards because there there are people who are taking that view of the of the original documents and the founding fathers, and acting as if they were divinely inspired and know this is what God wanted, and so we've gone too far away from that. We need to get back. It's almost like the thing about getting back to the Bible. No, we need to get back to the founding fathers and what their original intentions were. Yeah, these guys didn't. You know, didn't think women should vote. Didn't think black people were human. Um, only wanted rich all in white like landowners. To, they were to, all in like their twenties, most of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, they were like all these are, old wise people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, their their brains. Our brains don't develop to twenty five, and half of them were under twenty five. Yeah, that's funny. And and what's weird is that we're we're doing it also in the name of uh i know we're getting a little off track here but i think you can only talk about the parable of yeah, the so much Indi- yeah. indiana shooter so much um they're doing it in the name of states freedoms uh-huh. and i don't know if we talked about it last episode or i talked about it somewhere but it's it's like we're in the in the name of states freedoms which a state is kind of like this conceptual thing like it's uh-huh. it's not real right it, and and that is trumping Sorry to use that word. Superseding. Uh, Superseding. Superseding. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous. Um, Individual rights. The right to health care. Yeah. The right to, uh, well, now now Congress is, you know, putting on a law to protect LGBTQ rights. Um, But you you could go back to this whole thing. Well, the federal government is overstepped. The federal government is overstepped. So we're going to give the state the right. It's just odd to me. We're going to give the state to the right to withhold freedoms. Is was that the intention for all yeah. of the faults of the founding fathers? Would that line of logic been the intention of of the founding fathers? And I don't, I don't think so. 
I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can only like kind of put myself there and I, I don't know these people obviously, but I can't, I can't help but think that individual freedoms don't also trump or supersede states' rights. Right. Well, I think that's the question. You have to decide which is more important to you, right? Uh, I think, like, I, I guess I don't understand how someone looks at the founding of this nation and and looks at, you know, those founding documents and, and the amendments and all that and doesn't see them as at least an attempt to create a nation that is about freedom. Like, isn't that the whole thing, right? Let freedom ring, right? The, the land of the free and the home of the brave and all that. So are we the land of the free? Do we value freedom? Because it's not freedom to oppress people. It's freedom. Like for people to have to not be, you know, oppressed. And and this is what concerns me is like, it, it seems to me, it's going like kind of in a way it does go back to what we were saying about the Good Samaritan. It's like you you have to redefine your definition of love to then justify saying that the guy with the gun who shot someone is a good Samaritan. And now the same way, same thing. Like you have to change the definition of freedom to, to tell yourself that by, and by, by allowing States to take away people's civil rights, this is the freedom. They have the freedom to do that. No, that's not, that's, a, well, that's the, not what that meant. And the argument would then be turned on us and say, well, then do you have the right to take away someone's freedom to own a gun? Right. And, <laughs> but then you can make some with, I just, I don't know if absolute freedom is even a good thing. Like, yes. should I have the freedom to own depleted uranium ammunition? Should I have the freedom to own a rocket launcher? Should I have the freedom to own a nuclear weapon and store it in my basement? Someone say uh, so, well, well, the the logic, the line of logic that that argues for AR fifteen freedom should be used. I mean, it's just you could draw these absurd conclusions with that line of logic, right? So, so I I don't I don't know if I mean to me there's a there's a huge difference between owning an arsenal of weaponry and the freedom to do that and the freedom right. to make decisions for your body. Yeah. And so I, I think when we're talking, to, I, it's it's a it's a sticky situation. It's a tough situation to to discuss because there are points and counterpoints to be made. Um, sure. I just I just don't. Well, but again, like in your so in your example, like yeah, I, I I'm not advocating, and I really don't really I don't think anybody the the people that are trying to say like hey we need to pass some common sense gun laws. That is not saying I'm taking away someone's freedom to own a gun, yeah. right? Any more than saying to 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 drive to own a vehicle and drive a car on the on the highway or the freeway or just on our roads, you need to pass a driving test, have a driver's license, have in some have insurance, um, right. you know, all of these things. Like, does that mean I'm taking everybody's car away? No, I'm not saying I, I don't want anyone to drive a car anymore. So so when we talk about like putting some well-regulated conditions on yeah. on these guns. We're not saying you don't have the freedom to own a gun. Of course you do. We're just saying that because we have, we recognize we have a problem and we really do have a problem. Um, we should do something about it. I mean, I think you would do the same if, 
if 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 we didn't have the regulations we have for cars, let's say, and uh, and we had like every other day, a uh, an eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old boy was jumping in a car, driving hundred miles an hour, crashing into buildings and houses, and set up and you know killing a bunch of people, innocent people in their houses. That you wouldn't say, huh? Maybe we shouldn't let that happen. Maybe like, we should have some licensing. I don't know. Maybe we should have some training. registration, yeah, some exactly. drivers, six months of driving training. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't yeah. we do that? Why would? Why would? And if anybody proposed that about vehicles because of that, if that was the problem, would somebody say, "You're trying to take away my car"? Trying to take away my no, Ford I'm not. Bronco. I'm not, I have nothing. Keep your damn car. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to take away yeah. your car. I'm That's trying a to good prevent analogy. somebody else from using a car to do some damage and kill people. And it's happening every other day. It's like, come on. It's just yeah. common sense. Yeah. We freak out with the guns thing because everything is, I mean, everything is regulated. Alcohol yeah. is re- regulated. Yes. Produce is regulated. Yes. Restaurants are regulated. Yep. You have to keep things at a certain temperature. You can only have them out for so long. You can't put, you know, raw meat with cooked meat. Yeah. And, you know, everything is regulated. And then yeah. when it comes to guns, we want, I don't want no serial numbers. I want to build it. And it's like, huh, that's really, that's really strange because everything in your life is regulated. Your job. Right. Yep. Your car, your food, yep. your alcohol, your Bud Light, everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. Jesus Christ. Exactly. You, can't even, and, you can't even build a pool in California without certain regulations. Yeah. And those things, all of those other things that you just described aren't taking away anybody's freedom. No, they they benefit us. I for That's the most right. part when I when I go to a restaurant, I know that I'm not going to get salmonella poisoning unless someone is violating the regulations. Violating the regulations. That's right. But That's if right. everyone's going, you know, along with the regulations, I should be fine when I go to Eat and, and that's why there's a, a food a food inspector, right, who will right. come and uh, hopefully doing their job. <laughs> hopefully, yes, looking for feces and rats and cockroaches, and <clears throat> making sure people are wearing the hairnet, using gloves, yeah. washing their hands. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That that would that would be good. I I would not see that as you know you're trying to take away my food. <laughs> you're trying to take away my hair by putting a hairnet on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I never know. I never know. The the only thing I I only keep paying attention to like world news just a little bit to not be uninformed. Yeah, me but, too. But the rest of my life I have to be selfish and focus on my own thing. Otherwise it just drives me nuts. Yeah. Like between mass shootings, between climate change, between inflation and blah 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 wars. Oh, it's yeah. enough to it's it's enough to make me want to have 10 old fashions in one night but i just gotta i gotta you know it's discipline i gotta stay focused on yes yeah i'm trying to hold it down to one yeah just (laughs) one a night yeah oh man yeah uh well i mean i guess kind of circling back to the original thing about the good samaritan thing i mean uh i guess what sort of set you and i off was the miss uh misunderstanding or misapplication of that good samaritan uh, parable to the kind of stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I for me, I just don't want to get, I, I personally, I really don't want to get to the place where like I, I write, I like right now. I, I don't think about it 
when I go to the grocery store or I go to a restaurant or I go, you know, to the library or wherever I go uh, or a theater, you know, I, I don't I don't think in the back of my mind, oh, my gosh, am I going to get shot? You know what I mean? Is someone mm-hmm. going to pull out a gun? But it's it kind of is getting that way. It's getting to the place now where like, well, where are you safe? Where can someone go? Right. Because, I mean, we've had we've had mass shootings in churches in elementary schools, in, you know, movie theaters, uh, grocery stores, restaurants, fast food restaurants. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't even think of a place that we haven't had one. I don't think yet. And, and, and if, if it's just going to keep happening and no one's going to do anything, even when the police show up, they're just going to stand around with their thumbs in their butts and check their phones. I mean, you know, it's like, Lord, uh, I don't know, man. I just don't want to live in the world where the solution is. I'm hoping that there's some cowboy in the crowd who's got a gun and doesn't shoot me while he tries to shoot the guy who's shooting the rest of us. You know, yep. that can't be the solution. Well, well it is for now. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Well, uh, any, any final thoughts other than hopelessness? <clears throat> yeah great yeah uh, i don't know i really don't know uh it's hard i you know i guess the thing is i'm and here's just so ironic because again we just had this whole long conversation about this like laws and all this stuff but the bottom line is like personally i'm really not politically involved i i'm not big on you know voting for this person or that person or this party or the party i'm not you know i've actually moved away from all that stuff but but on this particular issue i just kind of I'm just, again, I'm waiting for someone to do the well-regulated part of this Second Amendment thing. Like, I just want to see somebody attempt to do something in in response to, you know, to to protect. Like, you know, you we do, for those who have, who do believe in politics and you've elected these people, uh, wasn't the reason they were elected to help protect, you know, citizens in this country. And I just don't see a lot of that going on. It's just really weird to me. Um, no, they so, were they were elected to ensure corporate profits main are maintained. Yeah, well, no, yeah. you're giving it you're giving away the secret now. That's right. That's oh, what it's really that's about. The, that's the secret, baby. And that's why that. I stopped being involved because I realized, you know, I, I, I came across that research from Princeton about how then the um, yeah they did like was it like a twenty year study of whether or not the will of the people had anything, had any bearing at all on how congressmen and senators voted on any particular issue. And they, their conclusion was looking at 20 years of data that, it, that the will of the people had like 0.001% impact, like basically zero uh, impact on whether or not uh, how things, how things were, you know, were voted on in Congress. And, um, even though, ironically, even though the will of the people, the, you know, the citizens that they're looking at the, are the ones who pay the taxes and, and voted those guys into office. But it didn't matter. But, and then, but the study did find there is a group of people who do strongly influence how those, how Congress votes on certain things. And they have a huge impact and they are the people who pay no taxes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, billionaires and, yeah, and corporations who spend millions of dollars lobbying, right? Uh, it's like legalized corruption, lobbying those guys and getting billions of dollars in 
benefits from from that whole thing. So when I saw that, and it's like, okay, we just pulled the curtain back on this whole political thing. Uh, it's we don't have a government by the people for the people and of the people. Uh, it's uh, it's not for it's, it's they, by they the don't corporation for the corporation and of the corporation. Yeah, and by the way, that's the reason why they literally Congress literally did pass uh, legislation to redefine. Um, corporations as people. You remember there was a mm-hmm. when Mitt Romney was running Mitt, for president. Mitt, yeah. yeah. He actually there, there's a soundbite of him saying corporations are people, my friend. Yeah. And he's saying that because Congress passed a law classifying corporations as people. So now corporations have the same rights as people. And since they have billions of dollars and you don't, they are more people than you are. Yep. It's the it's the animal farm quote. Every every animal is equal except some are a little more equal. Some are more equal than others. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was paraphrasing. I don't remember exact quote, but yeah, that's. I think that's about it. That, that was. That's that was about it. And that's about true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, everybody. Have a All great right, day. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Nothing matters. Nothing Your vote matters. doesn't count. The government doesn't care about you. You. You're powerless to change anything around you. Have a great day. Yeah. Have a great day. Also, buy my books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, but but, but in all seriousness, though, seriously, like when when you're at least for me, when I'm when I realize that sort of level of hopelessness, like, damn, you know, like the world sucks and all this stuff's going on. And like it it really it's one of the reasons why I still hold on to some measure of faith in 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 the things that Jesus talked about, because it's like it's got to if there's going to be any kind of change, it's going to have to be at the personal one on one level. Uh, To me, it's the only hope I I see. Like we. yeah, that's but that that that's all you can do because of the hopelessness of that. It's okay. So what can I do? Well, I can better myself. I can get in shape. I can take care of my community. I can yeah. you know I can get jobs. I can be that good Samaritan and, and, if I'm going somewhere right. and I see somebody in need. I can be the one to step right. up and do something where some where no if I see that no one else is doing anything, I can be the one to step up and do something. Right. Right. What did Gandalf say? What would Gandalf do? What would Gandalf do? What's the quote? I should know it by heart. Uh, it's not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us for the secure of those wherein those years wherein we are set uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those who live after may have clean earth to till. What weather they have is not ours to rule. That's all we can do. Yeah, you know, do what you can in your own community, and in the end, we all die. So. That's what are you right. gonna do? There you go. All right. <laughs> Good day to you all. Yes, everybody. Have a come back next week for another uplifting sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. Thank you all so much. I hope we've. Uh, hope you have a I wonderful would, day. I would generally tell everyone to rate and review, but after this sign off, probably not. Wait till next week to rate and review. <laughs> I think there's a measure of hope in what we said. I think we brought it back around beautifully. Right, the Somehow. Good Samaritan is is the solution it is to be that good samaritan uh the real good samaritan that jesus talked about not the guy packing the heat so make sure you're packing heat baby yeah don't don't go out there and be a vigilante i don't think that's the answer it is not well until the next time peace and love yeah and all that good hippie shit see you guys